if it was easy, then life would be boring. But it's something that you can at least start to do, start to question, start to journal about, start to meditate about. And again, it's okay to also look at it and be like, I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm sad. I'm like, feel so in pain and I have no words. Those are all valid emotions and recognize every single one of them. That's another thing. Make sure you recognize and tell yourself that it's okay to feel that way. And that's how you also get to that space of releasing and forgiving. Thank you for listening to this episode of Changes Big and Small. This is your host, Damian. Each week I interview guests and share research to help motivate and inspire you to live the life that you want. Season three of the podcast will be on acceptance. But today I have a bonus episode to share with you. I am speaking with Shika Favrier, president. Shika is a conscious YouTuber and energy healer. Her intention is to support people all across the universe to heal, do their shadow work, grow, and evolve. Shika runs one of the biggest content creation women's conferences in North America. Not so long ago, Shika could no longer see her purpose in this dimension. She felt like her soul had been taken out of her and she had no way out. She went through therapy while trying to navigate what she was feeling. And everyone kept saying, hey, it will get better. This isn't forever. It felt like forever to her. It felt like an eternity. She recovered from this traumatic experience by reconnecting with her spiritual side. She started meditating, energy work, healing, affirmations, manifestation, reflecting, and looking inwards to go through some inner growth. This made her feel connected, raised her consciousness, and deepened her connection to her higher self. Shika now is happy to inspire over 70,000 people while healing herself. She educates others on spirituality and wellness, monitoring conscious entrepreneurs and beings that are going through life. You can find her touring across the world when we're not in COVID, bringing people together in the media world and doing other amazing projects that you can learn all about and join her on by visiting her social media accounts. Those links will be in the show notes. You may have noticed that we have a similarity in our last names, and that's because Shika is my sister. Welcome to Changes Big and Small, Shika. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. At what point did you figure out what was important to you and what are the things that are important to you now? It wasn't until university where I started doing business. I, I got into business in Ottawa. And when I started business, it was great. But one thing was I was horrible at math. And every class I had that math or counting, I basically failed the class. And that was quite, uh, I guess you can say jab to my intuition and like what I was doing and my guidance into university being preached that school is important and getting a degree. I kind of felt like a failure, like I wasn't getting this, the degree I was supposed to be in an area that I thought I was interested in. 
So then after second year, that's when I shifted into communications and communications was really great. I'm grateful for being in that space because it allowed me to eventually get an honors degree in communications. I shifted over to work as a marketing director for a nonprofit organization. And then I was also a director of communications for the fashion industry in Canada. So had a lot of great experience and I was still my last year of university. I was definitely a big shift. I'm not in that anymore. I am in the healing community and that was a big change for me. I think it's interesting because I think a lot of people, especially this year specifically, as there's a time of a pandemic, a lot of people are are finding themselves not going back to the jobs or the professions or the interests that they like because you're kind of stuck at home internalizing and reflecting on things that you can have control of in your life. So I think one of the biggest kind of snapshots in that experience was that I had to kind of work with what was best for me. It's okay to be shifting and changing and evolving and to not go back to the things that you used to do because the journey of of life at the end of the day is for us to continuously evolve. How long has it been since you finished university and entered the workforce? Well, that's a good question. It's been seven years, almost eight years now that I've left university. So it's it's been quite a while. And leaving the workforce of PR was probably about 2014. That year was when I knew I was transitioning. I didn't know where exactly. And it's kind of interesting how things aligned months later. You just give a hint that you left conventional employment, working in PR, What was the instigation for that? And what did you do then? Yeah, so I was working at a nonprofit, like I mentioned before, as a director, as one of the only women that were in the director. Very challenging space to have so much masculine energy around you. But I was holding that position for almost a year. And then once I was in the process of getting promoted again, Ashley went through a traumatic experience and I talk about on my YouTube channel, but I was sexually assaulted by my manager. And that to me was kind of when my life flipped over. And I think that was kind of hard because there were so many things going through my head. The first thing is, you know, wanting to get a degree and getting a successful job into the space and and making all the check marks that your parents want and to have yourself have that experience and overnight just go into a completely different mindset and energy it was very different for me. I spent the whole year going through a lot of depression and anxiety, going through therapy, but there's only so much. And I'm sure a lot of people will say the same, that you can repeat the same stories over and over again. About a year almost after that incident happened, I decided that I needed to get myself out of a rut after having a lot of, I guess you can say, just no sense of life or wanting to live. And at that point, I decided to open a blog. So I was in the fashion kind of space, if you will. I love fashion. I remember as a kid, my younger sisters and I would dress up and we'd go and put on my mom's clothes that she donates and whatnot after she cleans out her closet. And we'd make a fashion show and all these things. And we'd talk about this kind of line that we would make. So it was something that just made me at the time, made me feel like I had control of my identity again. So I started blogging. I didn't tell anyone about it. The purpose of blogging was really the intention of allowing myself to feel control of my being and have something to look forward to because 
I couldn't get out of bed. I was always in my room. I'd go to the gym like four times a day just to kind of get my mind to not repeat the flashbacks and the slight PTSD that I was going through. So at that point, I basically ended up traveling and and becoming an influencer as, you know, doing collaborations with the casino fashion, New York fashion week traveling. And it was really an awesome experience. I did that for about, I want to say two years. I eventually made blog it, which is a community of many influencers around North America that come together, talking about their experience in the media space and just allowing them to expand together and learn about social media and and all the aspects of it. And within two years, we ended up reaching over 5.5 million people online. Eventually, I kind of got a little bit tired of the online world. I started to feel like I wasn't really communicating with people. And this is really when people were going crazy about the Instagram algorithm and the YouTube algorithm and all this stuff. And for me, I was just kind of like, oh, this is so annoying. I was still working as an influencer, but my main job was also a social media consultant. And it was just really exhausting trying to explain to people every single week that social media algorithms change. So I started to step away from the social media space slowly. And I didn't know why I just felt like I was getting less clients because I didn't want to take as many people. I was doing a lot of shadow work, which was deeper inner work for myself. And I decided that I wanted to go to Asia because I ended up watching a YouTube video about a girl who went through the similar experience I went to and did some shadow work, energy healing. And I was wondering, I'm very open to it. Throughout my whole experience after my trauma, spirituality was something I was working through, like crystals and manifestation and law of attraction and all these subjects that we now know and a lot of people talk about. But years ago, that was something that I started to go into, but I wasn't talking about it because I was very embarrassed about that space. Let me interrupt you. As you said, those things were not mainstream at the time. How did you get into those different topics like shadow work, law of attraction and those types of things? Yeah. So when I went to Bali, I decided I wanted to spend a a whole month there. But before that, I spent three weeks in Thailand. It was just all collaboration with brands. I was still considered an influencer, but at the same time, it was deeper inner work. The last week of being in Indonesia before I headed back to Canada, I decided to do some deeper energy work. And it was just so interesting because And for those who are into this like space of synchronicity and law of attraction, when I got into Bali, I ended up getting lost with my driver for my Airbnb. And I remember looking at the window and seeing this big third eye symbol and just catching my eye, but it was pitch black and I didn't really think much about it. And then the next day, I ended up having all these crazy things happening, meeting someone who was going to Abud and I wanted to go there and just, it was just crazy to see. And they always say Bali has gifts for you because people are just so opening and welcoming and happy. I love the energy there. So eventually I left there, fast forward to my last three days in Bali. I decided I wanted to look into doing an energy healing. Everyone I asked for, for the locals, they said, go to Abud, go to Abud, but I couldn't find someone I connected with that I wanted to open up about my experiences. So I finally found a place in Changu, which is more of a touristy place. A lot of people know that area for that. So I ended up booking an Airbnb and ironically, it was near the same place. And when I went to my session for an energy healing, it was a schematic energy healing that I did for 90 minutes. 
I ended up walking down the road and everything seemed so familiar for me to find out it was the same place that I ended up starting with. So went there and saw that symbol of the third eye and I decided to enter. And as soon as I entered the room, it was like this like force of like, I had to be here, like kind of like nerves started coming up, almost like you're about to enter on stage. That's what I felt. It was very nerve wracking, but I knew I was supposed to be there. I ended up going into the session. I didn't cry or connect with the traumas that I went through years ago with the work incident or even my traumas before that unlocked after that until then. I started crying and bawling for about an hour and a half. My clothes was drenched with sweat. I felt like someone took 200 pounds off my shoulder. As soon as I went there, we connected right away. It was just like, I didn't even have to talk. The whole time we exchanged just a few words before the session and that's it. And I felt like she knew everything I went through and she explained it right after without me saying a word. To many people who are listening, the idea of shamanic healing is a new concept. What did that entail for you? What happened in those 90 minutes? So shamanic healing, people practice different elements of it. For myself, I practice with the elements of fire and different natural things when I do healings for people. For her, it was just the simple feeling of her hands above my body or her hands actually gently touching in certain areas. Are you sitting, standing, lying down? You're lying down on this kind of massage table okay. and you kind of start up sitting up and then you start laying on your stomach after. Um, and during this session, they're playing music that's kind of like a journeying music that you can experience. It was just, it's so hard to explain, but it basically it feels like something is moving throughout your body. And along with that, for some people, they will see things. For me, I saw certain things and memories, some of them that I thought were things that didn't happen in my life, but I noticed that it was things that I didn't want to face. And I saw it throughout the session and just a very comforting feeling as well. As much as it is very releasing, it's very comforting. And for me, my, my symptoms of it was just like crying and coughing out energy a lot. Does the healer speak at all or is this all through energy? Most of it's through energy. She will speak if she feels needed to. Sometimes it might be if, if she feels you're holding back, she will guide you through that. The beautiful thing about energy healing is like whatever modality that you connect with and want to connect with, every person will kind of reflect and kind of mirror your energy. So the beauty of it is saying words when needed and saying no words when needed and so, just allowing the energy to kind of speak for itself. So I guess I'm trying to find out for people who haven't experienced this, is there something else that it might be like? Does it have some elements like therapy? Are you talking about issues or it's not at all similar to that? So it's similar. I know a lot of people do meditate. It's like meditation, but the meditation is not only through breathing, it's through temperature changes in your body. It might be through seeing things when you close your eyes or feeling colors or feeling certain things. The best way of kind of explaining it is it's it's having energy without words. It's almost like if you enter into a room and everyone's quiet, and you just feel if it's a very comforting room or if it's not, that's energy. And if you were to go to each room, every room would be a different energy. 
So as she places her hands on you, you go into each room of yourself and you don't know what's behind that door. But when you open that door, you're able to kind of face it. So that's the best way of kind of explaining energy. We're opening doors inside of you. We're opening memories. People would say it's therapeutic. I've had some people who have depression, bipolar, and I do healings with them and they've been doing it for years and they can't explain the experience. And then I think the best way to kind of share it is that kind of analogy. A lot of people say that you can do therapy, but this is a different kind of space. It's like, you can talk as much as you can about how much you went over a breakup, right? But when you go into energy healing, it's like opening a door and showing you a memory that you had in, in your subconscious or something you've been avoiding and say, okay, how do you feel about that? And then you have to kind of face that. So when you do this for people or when you have this done to you, is there an introduction or do people who enter this space already know what they're getting into? It really depends. I work with various people. The beautiful part about spirituality is I always tell people my moral is I flow with what you believe. I'm not putting things towards you to a sense of you need to do spirituality this way. I work with people who are of a certain religion, people who are atheists, people who have not even started their spiritual journey and they're starting to get into it, people who are heavily into it or other healers. It's a huge spectrum of people. The people that do come to me, it's usually a meaning of why I have to work with them. And usually there's something that is underneath that they want to kind of deep dive into deeper. Whenever I start with people, I always talk with them first. And that's just the way I work because I do believe that when you open a space and you're entering a room or you're entering a conversation, you want that person to be open to release whatever vulnerability, whatever they want to let go. I think one of the biggest parts as a healer is making sure that you're comfortable telling me what you're seeing, what you're feeling, what's coming up for you. So I can guide you through that journeying. And I think that's the most beautiful thing. And every journey I do with people is completely different. And it's, it's such an ex a beautiful experience. And you really see the shifts that people go through after as well. So that's kind of what I do. I, I usually check in to see what their intention is, set an intention to the healing, get to know them, make sure that they are comfortable with me and being vulnerable. And it's the right timing to do healing and then kind of go from there. So if someone is interested in this space and going on their own healing journey, where do you recommend they start? I think the first thing is just to start with meditation. I think that's the best way to start and specifically meditating without music. I think a lot of people recommend meditating with music or going on YouTube and it's so easy to search up ones and, and there is benefit in that. But really taking some time in between all of those guided meditations to do a silent meditation with yourself and really taking in that time to reflect and set an intention. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen in the sense of spirituality is such a vast space and there's so much you can learn from manifestation, law of attraction, astrology, Akashic, Shamanic, the list goes on, Ayurveda. So go to the space that you connect with. I know for me, what connected with me was past life ancestral and trauma, because that's my experience and specifically using, you know, plants and Reiki and shamanic. Those are my main modalities. So for each person, I always say, don't get too overwhelmed. I know it gets so exciting. You want to ask so many questions. You want to go into so many spaces. 
flow with it. Don't be okay with not overwhelming yourself when you go into the space, especially today, because now there's so many people open about manifestation and wanting to learn about crystals and all those stuff. But, you know, you can't be stressing out over those topics. Remember, it's your journey at the end of the day. So I think that's the first step is just going into that. And then the last thing is just asking yourself what got you connected to wanting to deep dive deeper in other realms or other spaces or other universes or whatever connection that you want to connect with. Because I think that that's a big thing. That's one thing that I learned in my experience with being in the, in the world of businesses in the end of the day, whether it's business or anything that you want to talk about it, we need to know why, why are you setting the intention? Why are you starting a meditation? Why are you into this specific topic? Why do you want to do an energy healing? Knowing your why is going to be very important for you to continue to be intuitive with your reasoning to start your journey. As someone who's gone through some traumatic experiences yourself, what advice do you have for listeners who may be going through the same thing on who know someone who is? What did you find helpful when you talk about those early days when you we're going to the gym and that's pretty much all you could do. You had no energy to work or even do anything else. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things, and it's not easier than said, the first thing is to know that what happened to you has nothing to do with anything of the situation. And that's something that's so simple, but I feel like you need to hear it from someone who's experienced it. That took me years and years to accept is understanding that you have nothing to do with that. It didn't make sense to me until I heard a story on a TED Talk. It was about this woman who ended up doing an exchange in Iceland. She lived with a family and the family had kids and one of the kids actually raped her. And uh, during that time, she went back to Australia where she was from having to have this amazing six month exchange but having a trauma and having to not only do that, but stay in that place. She went back and she ended up having kids. And when she had kids, she noticed I am not healed from it. And that's the beauty that I love so much about energy healing is that you can talk about it many times. You can go through all the therapies or, you know, going through all of those aids. But if you mentally can't forgive yourself for the situation, it makes it really hard to see ourselves as just who we are without seeing maybe the wounds with it. We have this term in the healing space where it's called a wounded healer, wounded person, and a continuously learning wounded being. And what that means is some of us will continue to take time to heal from that and to finally say, you know what, I forgive that person for what they did. I can let go. It's not holding any energy to me if I hold that grunt in and also on the sense of law of attraction too which I know that's something that maybe that kind of helps people understand it more if we hold this grudge and anger we're also attracting that into our life so we're attracting more angry people more people of that vibration too and there's the other part where people who can just completely heal from it and then they can go on with life and they can have kids and they can no longer have to reflect back on that experience So all this to say is just really being patient with yourself and making sure that you are surrounded with people who can at least understand how to 
respect your boundaries. You talked about forgiving yourself and forgiving the person. You also mentioned recognizing that you're not responsible for what that person did. Mm -hmm. So how do those different ideas work together in terms of forgiving yourself? What are you forgiving yourself for, I guess? mm -hmm. I think the first thing is forgiving yourself by holding all this guilt in yourself. That's a big part that for me was huge, holding the guilt of everything from the timing and replaying the whole situation and having all of this energy. But then I also held so much anger because I was angry at the person for even doing this to me, knowing that it was wrong. So the first thing I had to do was sitting with myself and saying, okay, why am I angry? And how do I feel about this situation? The next thing I had to do was understand and kind of go through an emotion of like recognizing that emotion and releasing it. And that takes time. Like I said, took me what, like four or five years to do that. It takes some people 30 years to do that. And there's no maximum or minimum amount of time that you need to heal. But the part where you really start to bring yourself to a sense of healing is when you can finally forgive yourself equally as much as you forgive that person. And being able to set love in the space of that experience And one of my favorite affirmations that I actually share in my healing that really helps people when you have those moments or those flashbacks is I forgive you, I release you. Such a simple one, but, you know, sometimes it's hard to say the forgive word. Sometimes it's hard to say the release part. And then you can deep dive. Why can't I say release? Why is that harder to say? Why can't I forgive this person? Okay, this is why. Let me go deeper into that through meditation. Let me go deeper with that intention through a healing. That really helped me. I think one of the biggest things is you are a being, you're a person, but you're also can be a daughter. You can be a mother or father, you can be a a son, you can be a brother, a sister, and those are all parts of your identity. And depending on the situation, if you don't heal that and you're not able to forgive, then that energy can attract a certain anger, what we like to call by Elk Tolls, which is a well-known guy um, in the space of, of power and understanding the power of the mind. He's the author of The Power of Now. Amazing book. If you ever have the chance to read it, it's amazing. And one of the things he talks about is called body pain. And body pain is defined as every emotion, anger, sadness, anything that isn't love, because love is something that we can see a kid, a baby has when they come into the world. Their eyes are bright. All they want is love. They don't know anything else. Everything else is taught to us. So through the experience of going back to the trauma aspect, that experience can sometimes shock someone to have a body pain of anger, of sadness, of anxiety, of lack of self-confidence, which are all body pains. And if we continue to hold that, then that's going to reflect the way that we perceive certain situations and the way that we hold ourselves. So I think one of the biggest things is really understanding your emotions, understanding that It will take time, be patient with yourself and helping you release and get yourself to the point of releasing and forgiving is kind of the ultimate key to releasing that trauma. It's interesting because there is some debate amongst different people about whether or not forgiving is necessary. 
but it's clear from your perspective that forgiving is integral to healing. Is that right? Yeah. And all that I'm sharing with you is not something that I would be able to see seven years ago. If you're sitting with this right now, you're saying, man, like Sheikha, you're telling me to forgive the person that did this to me. Well, it's going to take time. And I thought the same thing when I watched that podcast, I just got so angry. And then I was like, wait a minute. I was angry because this woman was revealing why I was angry in the first place. She was putting it out there. And that's the beauty of healing too. Energy healing forces you to see what you have to see and says, what do you think about that? And you can choose. It's always free will in life, right? You can choose to either hold it for the rest of your life, or you can choose to let that go. And that's up to you. And again, I do know that some people say, no, 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 that person has to, yeah, they do need to also forgive you. But that doesn't mean that you have to contact them to do so. In the end of the day, you enter this journey on your own. And this journey is on your own. But through the experience of having a soul community or people to support you can help you deepen and understand and mirror your experiences in life and mirror what you can learn from it, even in the worst experiences that you have had. And again, it takes time. If it was easy, then life would be boring, but it's something that you can at least start to do and start to question, start to journal about, start to meditate about. And again, it's okay to also look at it and be like, I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm sad. I'm like, feel so in pain and I have no words. Those are all valid emotions and recognize every single one of them. That's another thing. Make sure you recognize and tell yourself that it's okay to feel that way. And that's how you also get to that space of releasing and forgiving. So what's next for you along this journey? I think for me, I'm really liking where I am. I feel I found a space where what I do feels like it's meant to be my purpose. And I say this all the time when I got into doing healings on my own with the same healer distantly for six months, that's what brought me into being an energy healer. Going into energy healing, it's been such a rewarding feeling to help so many people from everywhere and allowing them to expand. So I think the next thing is really, I do have a YouTube channel, Chica Chica. And for me, that space is really to connect people to understand how to do inner work on their own and the way that they want to, and giving them more education on learning about spirituality, law of attraction, manifestation, energy healing, plant medicine, Reiki, all those amazing topics that I enjoy and hopefully to inspire them to take it in their own way. My intention is to continue to heal. So I do mentoring and do conscious healing for people. I I have various programs that I do. So I I feel really content. I do think once the world opens up again, I do want to host a retreat in person because there's so much power that you can do with the connection. The one thing that people probably haven't had much of in the past year is human connection in person. And it's been proven in various scientific tests that 
human connection is what allows us to survive. It's important as much as social media is amazing. And I love social media and I'm happy that I get to create a sense of amazing creations with energy. I think the next step is really to allow people to come to a space where they can in person feel human connection and in person connect with people through their experiences, through the things they want to release, through their intention. So I can definitely see that that's going to be a big thing is going into doing those amazing retreats and also doing some public speaking. So yeah, that's kind of my main intention is to continue being an energy healer and allowing to touch people as much as I can with this amazing healing. Last season, we were talking about purpose. And uh, I think sometimes we can get a little bit lost in finding our purpose. So we can always be chasing the next thing. And so just hearing you talk about how you're content where you are, I think is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I agree. It's so easy to fall into wanting to want something more. And I think that's a big thing too, is just understanding to bring gratitude to what you have and allow that to create more around you is a really beautiful thing of content. So yeah, I've, I've been waiting for a moment where I can say I feel content for a while. So I know that balance is important to you and you also have a great sense of humor. What do you like to do for fun? Hmm. <laughs> I think for me, I love cooking. Cooking has been something that I love so much. And for the listeners out there, we're from a big family. So just out of the way that our housing was at the time when I was getting into it, my little sister was more into I'm cooking, don't touch the kitchen. So I never really got a time to go into it. And then recently, I've been really loving being at home and just exploring different, not only like recipes, but elements of foods and how to do it. And I think even more so because I'm an energy healer. I, I'm really mindful of what I eat and what I put in my body and what I'm exposed to. So I've been really researching on that and I love cooking. So cooking's definitely been one of my favorite hobbies. Music's been great for me as well. I'm going to throw YouTube in there because honestly, that's like half of my time, free time. I love YouTube. I like watching it, but I also love to create. And I'm grateful that I get to consider that as part of my job. And I also love traveling. Traveling is amazing. I, I'm really looking forward to uh, the next trip that I get to do. Learning languages. I'm currently um, practicing my French and my Portuguese, which I'm excited for. I used to live in Brazil, so I miss being able to speak it. So I'm going to be learning that with hopefully the goal in three years to be three and a half languages fluent. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's kind of like the main things that I love is like traveling, spending time with loved ones, family, friends, filming, creating content and cooking, which I absolutely love. Yeah, that's kind of funny because our next sister who was here with me for Christmas, she asked me one day, what music do you listen to, Rina? A lot of my family call me Rina or Rowena. And I said, oh, I don't really listen to music that often. And she was so affronted by my response. For days, she went around the house saying, what does she mean she doesn't really listen to music? <laughs> Especially now, to be honest, all the things I listen to is like either energy healing music in the background or like 
indie music sometimes I'll listen to, but I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm the person who knows the next new song. I used to be like that, but I, I feel like you go in phases, right? Well, keep being into cooking until you can make me a meal because I have not known you as a cook. So this will be a great experience to have. Yeah, that's, I'm surprised and Ashley intrigued slash nervous for you to <laughs> meet. So next time I visit, yeah, hopefully I, I'll cook something. I'll have to start brainstorming what menu I have to make. Wow. I mean, we don't even know when I'm going to be able to visit Canada again. So don't, don't, <laughs> don't get stressed out about this. <laughs> I'll just be saving them on my Pinterest for now. Do you have a challenge or an invitation for listeners of some action they can take? starting Ooh. today I would say three times in your day take two minutes to take a deep breath in and out and just tune in that's all just not even two minutes let's say a minute just taking deep breaths and I think that would really help you just in through the nose out through the mouth and just think of one thing you're grateful for like I said I, I know everyone has their own things they're going through through and when we can breathe through it it really helps and I think that's something I learned today I'm currently studying two other new sacred ceremonial medicines for plant medicine and one of them is really pushing me outside of my comfort zone but every time I use that plant I breathe through it I breathe through the pain and it teaches me that even though I'm scared to go into this new direction it's teaching me that I'm growing I'm learning and every time I I connect with this plant. It's a plant from the Brazil Amazon. I feel this connection with it and I feel connection with myself and I understand what it's teaching me that I'm scared of. So breathe through it, breathe in life, take three times in your day to take a deep breath for a minute. Even if it's just hiding in the pantry with your kids outside running around or going to the bathroom or just find somewhere where you can just take a second, a minute away from the craziness and disconnect and then come back to it and notice how you feel. Is there anything that you would like to share with listeners that you haven't had a chance to say yet in our interview today? No, I hope you guys are inspired by this podcast episode. And I really hope that, like I said, no matter where your journey is, that you're able to find a sense of knowing within and be okay with ever changing at all times. I know humans do not like change, but with change comes growth. And one quote that really, really helps me and something that is really like my slogan of what I do is learning your conscious, expanding your consciousness is a conscious life and a conscious life is a happy life. So being mindful, you know, simply just enjoying and appreciating as you cook meals or enjoying taking your time to wake up and taking those small moments in your life to really tune in and be inwards. And it's so easy in this world of a busy, busy and, and so many things changing every single day, especially right now. It's okay to detach for a bit and come inwards and just pause and be. And when you can be with yourself, you can always know and be certain how you're feeling and what's coming up next. So just follow that intuition and allow yourself to continuously grow within. I think this might be a good episode as an aside in terms of how to connect with your intuition, because I think that's very hard for a lot of people. It's not something that we practice. Yeah. 
I think one thing too is the beauty is I would love to see a world maybe in five, 10 years from now where they're actually teaching kids to be open about, you know, meditation as opposed to just putting them in a corner saying time out. <laughs> I feel like allowing them to understand how they feel will get them prepared for the real world, which is amazing. So I'm really excited to see how the world shifts now that we're so open to so many new worlds, so many new spaces and interests and mindsets, which is amazing. So yeah, that's definitely something to consider. And intuition is important. That's something that I highly strive to go into and and do the basis of all of my healing through intuition. Even when people come to my healings and they're like, I don't even know why I want to heal. I just know that I want to experience it. We usually do various exercises to allow them to tap into it. So that's definitely a great sub episode if you ever want to talk about that. Okay. Thank you for chatting with me today, Shika. It was great. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys for being here. I'm sending you so much light and I hope that you are inspired by this episode once again. And thanks again for having an amazing conversation today. Definitely check out Shika's links to her socials in the show notes and connect with her. She likes people to ask questions or to share feedback on anything that you read or see online. I hope that you've enjoyed listening to today's podcast. This area of plant medicine, of shamanic healing, and all of those different things is really new to me. My only experience was trying crystal healing with a Sufi friend when I lived in Bangalore, India. And a lot of this is outside of my comfort zone. It usually is for a lot of people. (laughs) I've done Ayurveda before when I lived in India, in Kerala, and I'm comfortable with that. But with some of the other modalities, I'm not sure about personally. But I do think that what this podcast is about, and I think an important thing to remember for everybody is that the journey is your own. You have to find out what works for you and you can stay within your comfort zone or you can push a little bit outside your comfort zone. Each of you knows what your beliefs are, what your interests are, what your goals are. And so you really do have the free will. You really do have the opportunity, if we think of it that way, if we can be joyous about it, we have the opportunity to be able to choose what we want to do, how we want to feel, and what we can do to get there. So I hope that something you've heard today inspires you. And at the very least, you can take an opportunity right now after the podcast to sit for a few seconds for a minute and just breathe and be in the moment if you've enjoyed this episode and you think someone else will benefit please share it with them i'd love to have you in our facebook community where we encourage each other and where i share additional resources to help you with change and on your own change journey. Regular episodes of the podcast will start in a few weeks, but I hope that you're enjoying these bonus episodes. If you would like to be on the podcast to talk about the topic of acceptance, or if you know somebody who would, or if you have a recommendation for me, please send me an email, contact at changesbigandsmall.com. 
or contact me through one of my social links. Remember, change begins with one small step. Have a great day.